going to be a, a good year, a great year, and uh, I'm sure that you are feeling excited and um, challenged by what lies ahead, but excited. And ev- I guess every year we get to this point at the beginning of the year, and uh, there are some ways that we can realign our hearts for the year ahead. And so I would like to try and help us think about some things this morning as we think about the future and we think about this year together. But what I, but I, what I, wanna, I would like to just say as a, a very basic thing in terms of, of uh, the whole year and in terms of what we do here in this church. You know, I was thinking this week about what preaching is. And I want to say this to you just to encourage you in this as, as a community. Um, <clears throat> preaching is not primarily tips for self-help to help you feel better. It can do that. It can do something in your life where you can learn some things to, to live better. Uh, preaching is not primarily uh, motivational speaking. Uh, if you want a good motivational speech, then go and look at a TED Talk, and you can find yourself motivated in many ways about, um, around many different subjects. Preaching is not prim- primarily motivational. It can motivate you, and I hope you will be motivated and encouraged by everyone that preaches here. But preaching really, primarily, is worship. And sometimes we think that actually preaching comes at the end of the worship, and it's to help the, to prepare the way for the Word. Have you heard that kind of language? And it does do that. But I want to encourage you, preaching, good preaching, is primarily somebody, hopefully, who has some kind of communication gift, worshiping over the Word and exalting the Word and lifting up the Word and helping all of us as we understand what the Word says to connect with eternal things that help us to live temporally now much better. Worship comes, uh, preaching is worship. And I want to encourage you this morning, I'm going to try and worship over the Word. And give you some very simple things. And my, my, my hope, my dream is over the course of this year that more and more, you, through the preaching of the Word, you will begin to connect with what is eternal, what is lovely, what is pure, what is noble, which will change your life and help you in every way. And you will be motivated. And you will be encouraged. And you will be stirred. But more than anything else, you'll get to know God as a good Father through the preaching of the Word as those that preach worship over the Word. And as we worship over the Word and help each other understand it, we grow and are larger on the inside and love Jesus more and love God more and love the world more and love people more. That's what preaching is. All right, so having said that, I want to take this little verse that we are, before we started on all of our Christmas extravaganzas, we were preaching through the book of, thank you, someone remembers, Philippians, good, and we got to Philippians chapter 2, and so here I'd like to just expound two very simple verses this morning, and I've called this poured out for others, all right, poured out for others, and I'm going to try and consider some things for the year as we think about this together, and Paul says this, he says, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with you. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Now, just remember the context of this. Remember the last one of the things we looked at? Paul said these very challenging words. He said, do everything without grumbling or <laughs> complaining. You, you want a, a New Year's resolution. There it is, all right? Do everything without grumbling or complaining. 
How many of you know that's absolutely impossible without the Holy Spirit? Yeah, so right there, our need of grace is enlarged in, a, in a one little sentence. If we are going to learn to do everything without groaning, uh, groaning or complaining, we gotta, the Holy Spirit needs to be navigating our lives and our hearts. Amen? And so that was the challenge, he said. And that's a very, it's a very difficult um, thing to aim at. But remember, he said that every Christian should aim at that. Why? So that we can, be, we can become pure and blameless in a crooked generation. That's what he said. It's the aim of every Christian to do all things without um, complaining or in any way being negative because we then become pure and blameless in a crooked generation and no one can accuse us. Remember, we looked at those things. And then he said, uh, Paul said, as you begin to live like that, what happens? You shine like a star against the dark night sky. And I said to you just before Christmas that actually we are called to be different by definition. We are salt, we are light, and Paul says actually when you start to live like that, it's obvious to everyone else because you start to shine like a star on a very dark night. And everyone can see. It becomes plain to everyone that there's something motivating you from the inside that is completely different. And Paul says we should shine like stars in the night sky. There should be an obvious way that we live that speaks of Christ as the light of the world. And he says at the end of that, he says, remember, he said, that I might boast on that final day, I've got all of this in mind for you, that I might boast on that final day, that I did not run my race in vain. I did not work in vain. And what he's saying is that actually my life is connected to your life and how you do as a people, Philippian church, how you do has got some kind of uh, reference for me in the eternal reward that I have one day in heaven. And so that's why church community matters, because all of us are involved in some way with each other's lives. And how you do is actually very important to me. And how I do should be important to you. Why? Because we are a community of believers that are trying to encourage each other on the journey that we all have with Jesus. Yes? So now people say to me, and I've had some people ask me, you know, it's very difficult to get up and greet people. Um, and I find it challenging. Why do you always ask people to get up and greet people? Here's the reason. Because, you know, coming through these doors every week, there's someone that's discouraged. There's someone that's gone through a painful divorce. There's someone that's trying to pick up their lives after having lost their job. There's someone that's, whose relationship with their family is out of kilter and it's uncomfortable. And it's really, really difficult for them. And they come through these doors every week and we get up to greet each other and hug each other, to say what? Say, I'm with you. I love you. I'm going to engage with you. I'm going to, I'm going to put myself out a little bit because really, at the end of the day, I want to be interested in you because you are important to Jesus and you are important to me. That's why we get up. I'm not rebuking anyone. I'm just I'm trying to help you understand. That's why we get up. That's why it might be uncomfortable, but it's, it gives us an opportunity to put our arms around each other and say, I am with you. Amen. And you know, it's interesting when we do our course for new members, every single, without exaggeration, most people say, the thing that I loved about this church is that more than one person came and said hello to me. Somebody came and said, welcome. Somebody put their arm around me and said, we're interested in you. My friends, that's what we... Crackling. That's what we, why we do what we do. Paul puts it this way. 
he says that I might be a drink offering poured out on, this, on the offering of your sacrificial faith. Why, why does he use this language? Well, he's using an Old Testament metaphor. It's Old Testament language. In, in the Old Testament, you know, there was a sacrifice, sacrificial system, and the priests offered sacrifices. And so they'd go into the temple and they'd offer up a sacrifice for sin or for whatever it was. They'd offer an animal or grain or something. And there was an additional thing called the drink offering that was also poured out after the big offering had taken place. So a drink offering was a secondary offering that was added to the large offering that had already been offered up by the priests. And you can read that in Numbers 28 verse 7, which says this, The drink offering will be a quarter of wine for each lamb. In the holy place you'll pour out a drink offering of strong drink to the Lord. So they added to the sacrifice, they poured out uh, an additional smaller offering. And so Paul is using this as a picture to describe his relationship with this church. And he's saying this. He's saying all of the Philippians, the whole church, every single member of that church, is already offering up through their lives a sacrifice of faith. That's what he's saying. Every one of you, and I would say to you, every one of you at Forest Town Church, every one of you have your own celebratory things. You have your own struggles. You have your own rejoicing. You have things that you are, are dealing with in your life. And those things can be, can be pleasant. Those things can sometimes be difficult. Paul recognizes that. He says, all of you are offering up your lives as a, as a sacrificial offering to the Lord. And what I'm doing, Paul says, I'm coming alongside you, and my contribution is just like a drink offering, an additional thing. It's just poured out over your life in addition to the big thing that God is already doing in you. You hear what I'm saying? And so what am I saying? In 2019, you and I have opportunities to be drink offerings over other people's lives. You can come alongside and say, God is doing something amazing in your life. And whether you're doing well or whether you're struggling, I offer up my life as a drink offering over yours. And I pour myself out over, and I encourage you. And I put my arms around you. And I say, I'm going to be with you. That's what Paul is saying. Can you hear the love that he has in his heart for these people? Saying, that's how I am to you. And he says, don't, don't um, remember, he's already said to them that, that, that he's happy that they... They are making the sacrifice. That uh, Remember, he said to them, you've always been obedient to, to God in, in my presence, and now that I'm not with you, even more so, continue and be obedient. Shine like stars in the universe. And he says, you know, even though I'm in prison right now at, and I'm hoping to get out of jail, um, I rejoice in the sacrifice that you're making. And if I have to remain in prison and all I am is like this drink offering, poured out over your life, well, that's fine. I rejoice in that, and I ask you to rejoice with me in that. That's what he says. Why is that important? Because remember the big picture, the big theme that we're looking at in, in this book of Philippians is joyful Christian living. How do we live joyfully in every circumstance? Yeah, Paul is saying, even though I'm in prison, even though I'm like this drink offering, I'm asking you not to feel sorry for me that I'm in prison. I'm asking you to rejoice with me as I rejoice over you in your life. Man, that is an incredible thing. And so he's rejoicing in this sense of this double offering and uh, offering that up to the Lord. So what can we learn from, from this for our own lives? I said it will be simple this morning and it will be short because the, Christian, the, the children are in. Here are some th simple things that I'd like you to meditate on and think about as we go into this new year. And uh, 
the first thing I'd like you to notice out of this portion, do you notice that uh, Paul says that a Christian's willingness to make personal sacrifices comes from faith? Do you notice that? Paul uses this phrase. He says, I'm poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. Of your faith. You know, I think it's a rare thing to find anyone who uh, is prepared to sacrifice them, themselves for others in an unselfish way. I've been doing this for many years, and I would say that's a very rare thing, to find people that are really genuinely prepared to live in an unselfish way for others. Why do I say that? Because, to be honest, if we're all honest with ourselves, we are, most of us in this room are motivated by selfish ambition. We don't like to admit it, but we are. All of us are motivated by what primarily works for me, what is good for me. And Paul, Paul is trying to say, no, well, actually... What enables someone to sacrifice their entire life for other people? Um, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a profound question. How is it possible to live your, in a way that gives your life for others? Well, Paul answers in a very plain way. He answers and says, simply, you can only live like that by faith. It comes by faith. Uh, 1 Peter 2 verse 5, Peter talks about the fact that we as Christians are New Testament priests, and we offer up spiritual sacrifices to God. But primarily here, Paul makes it very simple, and he says, your sa the sacrifice that your faith offers to God. And so these Philippians were like temple priests offering up sacrifices to God, but it's their faith that enables them to do this. So I was just thinking about that. What enables Andrew Wursop to leave a comfortable life in the UK and go to Romania and serve people in the poorest area of, of Europe. What enables him to do that? It's faith. He's heard God. What enables Tony and Linda, our friends that we visited, Clive and I visited last year, in Nagaland, the back end of beyond, in, in the northeast of India, what enables them to give their life like that for those people? It's faith, nothing else. What enables um, Buna in Cambodia to do what he does? It's faith. And so I'm not just speaking about those big things. I'm asking you, I'm saying to you as you think about 2019, what is going to enable you to serve the children in the school that you teach in a way that gives your life to them? It comes by faith. If you are in uh, marketing, if you are in uh, business selling something, what enables you to live your life in that context in such a way that you genuinely are serving others and giving yourself for them. It can only be faith. So I'm not just saying in terms of the big thing of Christian life. I'm talking about practically with what you are going to give yourself to this year. Whatever your job, or if you're in the, like Mario's got a restaurant, or George has got a bakery, or Andrew works with IT, or you work with IT, whatever. Whatever your job, how are you going to give yourself and align yourself around other people this year in a way that brings glory to God? Well, I, I would um, answer you that that comes by faith. I could put it another way. What you believe affects the way that you live and enables you to live in a certain way. Yeah? That's true for every one of us. If you believe what is right, if you are convinced of what is right and true, you will live in a way that reflects what is right and what is true. And that's what I think Paul wants us to understand. So Paul says, you live by faith. 
I'm encouraging you this year, whatever your area of gifting, whatever you're going to do, can you align your heart around that thing of saying, Lord, this year I want to respond by faith and serve people by faith that my life will come for your kingdom. Amen. Secondly, do you notice Paul said he was ready to pour out his life as a final sacrifice to God? And he says, as I'm prepared to do that, you should rejoice with me. Don't feel sorry for me. Um, rejoice with me. I, I was thinking about that. That's very difficult, eh? <laughs> that is really difficult. You know, what he's saying is, no matter what the circumstance of my life is, I'm ready to pour myself out for other people, and I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I want you to rejoice with me in what God is doing in my life. That is incredibly challenging. I don't know about you, but in my life, when circumstances are not good and things are difficult, I do not always not feel sorry for myself. I mostly feel sorry for myself. I mostly say, God, why have you left me? What's going on? Why is this so difficult? Paul doesn't even think like that. He says, I trust implicitly in God's sovereignty in my life. Whatever the circumstance, I'm going to rejoice in that. And I ask you to rejoice with me. Don't feel sorry for me. Just ask, just, just pray that I can continue to be a drink offering poured out over your life. Don't you find that incredibly challenging? So, as we face 2019, I don't know what it's going to hold. It's going to hold some very good things. And we're going to rejoice a lot this year. I'm convinced of that. We're going to rejoice a lot. But along the way... There are going to be some little bumps, and there's going to be some difficult circumstances. And the thing that counts is how do we react in those circumstances? Do we continue to rejoice? Do we continue to live well with a smile on our face, trusting in the sovereignty of God, and asking people to rejoice with us as we go through life together? Thirdly, do you notice that Paul has prioritized life, prioritized everything in his life? in a position in order to serve the Lord. Do you notice that? That's a great challenge for us. And I, I want to put it to you as we all seek to um, prioritize our lives this year and give ourselves to certain things this year, um, that we think what that means for our own lives individually. What in my life needs to be reprioritized so that I can better give God what He wants me to do? That's a profound question. Um, I, I always am encouraged by by this, um, when Peter speaks to the Lord in, in Luke 18, in verse 28, he says, Peter says, see, we have left our homes and we followed you. Peter just saying to Jesus, you know, Jesus, I've, we've given up some stuff to do this thing, to serve you. We've given up these, our friends, our family, our homes, and, and we're trying to follow you as best as we can. And look at the love of Jesus when he responds to him. What does he say? He says, truly I say to you, there's no one who's left a house or wife, or brothers and sisters, or parents or children, for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times more in this life and in the age to come, which is eternal. Isn't that a, such a promise of comfort and joy in your own life and for me? You know, there's this thing of fear of missing out that our culture is going through at the moment, isn't it? So people are so anxious of missing out on something. So Instagram and all these things promise you a certain life, and you see other people enjoying things, and then you've got this anxiety, I'm going to miss out, I'm going to miss out. You know, I want to say to you kindly this morning, over all of your lives, what has Jesus promised to you? You are never going to miss out 
on anything. You don't have to be concerned. You don't have to worry that you're going to miss out on anything. Why? Because if you are serving me and giving your life to me and honoring me, I will add to you in this life many times. Not just, just a little bit what you need. More than enough of what you need, and you're not going to lose anything. Not brothers, sisters, family, nothing for the sake of my kingdom. You can be sure of that. That's Jesus' promise to you. At the beginning of this year, He's going to provide in every way for your life as you serve Him. Amen? Here's the challenge. Um, you know, for Paul and for others, there was no luxury or possession or comfort that meant more to them than Jesus. And that is so hard in our culture, isn't it? Because our culture tells us that luxury and possessions and uh, comfort are highly desirable things. And you've got to work hard to have more possessions and more luxury and more comfort. Um, so that you can have more time to go on holiday and all these kind of things and more money so you can enjoy your spare time and, and there's this kind of culture that we've grown up in and yet for Paul and for Peter and for others nothing was more important to them than their relationship with Christ I find that incredibly challenging and I've been thinking this, this, um, this week how can I this year align myself around some of these things for my own life what does that mean for me? in terms of how I value money, how I value my possessions, my home, my family. Is that getting in the way of what God has called me to do? Or am I aligning the whole of my life so that those things are cooperating with His call for my life and for our family? And it's the same for you. Whatever you're gifting, whatever God's called you to do. That's the third thing. The fourth thing is this. Paul gave his time as a sacrifice to God. If you read Paul's letters, you, you, you'll notice that many, many times in his letters, over and over, he tells his friends how much he loves them, and he tells his friends how much he prays for them. He prays for them. It was an obvious concern for him. It was an obvious priority in his life. He was a prayer as well as a preacher as well as a doer. He did a lot. He preached a lot, but man, he prayed a lot. And so I want to encourage you as I'm encouraging myself. How much of what I do in my life is birthed out of praying and genuine concern for God's kingdom, for His people? And how much of my time is just doing stuff that I think is a good idea? So I'm asking you again, I'm appealing to you at the beginning of this year to maybe think about how you can prioritize prayer in your life so that some other things get perspective in your life. I can't force you, but I'm asking you, I'm inviting you, just as I'm challenging myself, that prayer becomes much more of a priority as we go forward in 2019. Amen? And I'm, I'm coming towards the end. A couple more things to say to you. Paul, above all, was willing to abandon his reputation in the eyes of other people. I was thinking about that this week as well. Uh, you know, he was a brilliant guy, Paul. Um, he was a very gifted person, and so even as a young man, he was the, prior, the, the, the sort of star pupil of this rabbi called Gamaliel, who was the kind of rabbi of the day. He was this up rising star in this Jewish tradition. And then he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, and everything changes. <laughs> and he consciously begins to lay aside any hope of reputation in the Jewish community as he follows Jesus. 
He, he consciously lays that aside. He's not looking for that anymore. He's not looking for approval from the culture or the rabbis or his education or what he'd learned. He consciously lays it aside and he says, all that matters to me is you, Jesus, and I'm going to follow you with all my heart. I was thinking about that. How much of my life is affected by other people? How, how much people affirm me and say, well done, or don't say, well done? How much do we subtly let those kind of things motivate us and we, we, become, we become kind of uncomfortable when we're not affirmed and more comfortable when we are, except we should just be living for the praise of one person, and that's Father in heaven. This is what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2.6. We, we did not seek glory from people, whether from you, he's speaking to his friends, the, the Thessalonians, whether from you or others, though we could have made demands, as an apostle of Christ. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm not living for your approval. I'm here to serve you and love you. But actually, I'm living for Jesus' approval. I'm living for the Father's approval. And that's what motivates me. And I, I want to encourage you to live like that this year. Primarily to live for the motivation of hearing the well done that your Father in heaven wants to affirm over your life. Lastly, and I say this consciously into a a very rich culture here in the UK. Paul had long sacrificed the love of money. He was quite bold to say, I have coveted no one's money. I have not envied your money. I have not envied your possessions. I have lived from a different place. Why do I say that? Well, 2 Corinthians 11:7, Paul says this, Did I commit a sin in humbling myself that you might be exalted because I preached God's gospel to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by accepting support from them in order to serve you. And when I was with you and I was in need, I did not burden anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied all my needs. So I refrained and will refrain from burdening you in any way. As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be silenced in all of a cheer. And why? Because I love you. God knows I do. And what I am doing, I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would claim that in their boasted mission they work on the same terms that I do. What's he saying? He's saying there are some people that preach for money. There are some people that give themselves to the gospel to get something back. Paul says, I never lived like that. I never did that. I never coveted any of your positions. I rejoiced when God blessed you, and I will continue to live that. Why? Because he was free from the love of money. I want to encourage you. It's hard in our culture, isn't it? It's really, really hard where everything around you is affirming money and possessions and saying, get more of that stuff, and then you will be happy. And Jesus just says, get more of me, and you'll be happy. And Paul, like Jesus, he taught his friends, his people, it was much better to give things away than to receive them. Acts 20, verse 33. I coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes, you yourselves know that these hands ministered in my own necessities to those that were with me. In all things, I've shown you by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So, my friends, as we try to navigate through 2019 with all of its great challenges and I'm sure many many opportunities to, uh, to 
to rejoice and to love what God is doing, I want to ask you just to consider these things as I close this morning, that you would respond by faith this year, that you truly would hear God's heart for your life and your voice, and that you would respond with faith, that you would serve Him with faith. In fact, the Bible says everything that is outside of faith is sin. So whether you're a teacher, whether you're a businessman, whether you are whatever you are doing with your life, how is your life going to be an example of faith to others? That puts Jesus at the center. Um, that whatever the circumstances of your life this year, that you would be able to rejoice by the Holy Spirit. That you would pray for me, that I would be able to rejoice by the Holy Spirit. Yes? <laughs> that my priorities, that our priorities would begin to reflect something of the kingdom in a greater measure. I'm not saying they don't, but in a greater measure this year. How we handle our possessions, how we handle our, our time, our talents, that more and more, those would begin to reflect something of the kingdom. Yeah? That we wouldn't be living for the approval of people. Uh, it's wonderful when people approve of what we do. I've learned this in the ministry. The same people that approve you one day will curse you the next way it works in the ministry. Oh, you're great. You're fantastic. Oh, you're horrible. I'm out of here. Just like that. Can't live for the approval of people. Got to live for the approval of the king. So when you put your, 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 your head on the pillow at the end of each day, you can hear the Father say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we live for. That's what we live for. And that we don't allow the culture to push in on us so that we cover people cover possessions and money and temporal things, no, that we rejoice, we worship over the Word of God. As we worship over the Word of God, He begins to transform us that we become concerned with what is eternal and of eternal value rather than what is temporal, temporal value. This is irritating me now. I'm sorry. So instead of making New Year's resolutions... Can we, can we commit as a community to align our hearts around some very basic things? And trust as we do that, we will have an amazing year of God's kindness and mercy demonstrated over our church community. Amen.